Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. If you have your Bible, say, I'm ready for the word. I want us to stay standing if, you, if we can, and we're going to read together. Locate with me, please, the gospel according to Luke. And we're going to go to in St. Luke to the fourth chapter. And I'm going to allow the Lord to lead me in some things after we read. And, it, it, and that way I can um, extol you and exhort you not only to receive personal victory, that's a foregone conclusion. And it's a, it's a very necessary conclusion, isn't it? Yes. We always have to be renewed in our confidence regarding personal victory. Otherwise, we'll do what other people are tempted to do. And a lot of times, weaker people, weaker Christians, are tempted to just go out of the will of God and make things better for themselves. And um, that's an insecurity sign because really... Nobody can take care of me better than the Lord. So, so of course, uh, his will, his spirit, my actions go hand in hand. But I, I, I'd like to stay in the will of God. How many would like to stay in the will of God? How many would like to stay in the will of God? And, and, and so it's very important to renew our courage and confidence biblically, scripturally, in personal victory. But we have to go beyond that every time we, we get together with the Lord, every time we get together with one another, especially now that we have some strategy to invade this time that we're living in with our core group of people here and there and uh, see the will of God done powerfully. We have to go beyond personal victory, beyond personal success. We have to go to the victory and the success of the will of God and the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the earth and we have to go there and we can't go there if we don't know what day we're living in and that's just the way it is we're living many of us are living and and I'm not preaching yet but I just want to tell you we're living between two extremes I'm not talking about you I'm talking about you, you could turn to the extreme side and see certain people that believe in Christ and just believe he's going to do everything and they just don't have to do anything. Not even study to show themselves approved. Well, how can I receive from a God of goodness when I can't agree with his goodness? Then on the other hand, you've got people that just know what to do and run off doing it in the natural and do not wait on the infusion and the help of the Lord. And so you're in between two groups of people. Some that don't do nothing. Some that do everything. And you want to help both groups. You want to help people that do nothing to start being worthy in, in cooperating with God. Amen. Amen. And um, so I'm going to talk to you about what the Lord showed me for your life and uh, for beyond. By the help of the Lord, we are in that great fast. And, um, and uh, we've been invited by the Lord to participate in something 
that can be used through the Spirit of God to tap into some powerful truths. Well, do you love me today? They can't hear you. How many of you know the answer to that? Are you in the gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter? And um, we can actually start reading normally in chapter 2 and go through chapter 3 and then go through chapter 4, but it's okay. I'll catch you up. Let's read beginning with verse 1. Ready? And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, continue. Amen. Hold the Bibles above your head. Shout, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. Not an opinion. Not, opinion. not, tradition. not tradition. Not subject to debate. Not subject to debate. He, is he is alive. God said, God said I believe it. I believe that settles it. That he is who he says he is. He will do what he said he will do. I am who he said I am. 
I have what he said I have. And if I believe today, I can do what he said I can do. Now, if you believe it, set the Bible down and give God the greatest shout of praise he's ever heard ascend out of planet Earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. So I want to talk to you today about this time. Time of power. I want, to, I want us to wait. Time of power. You don't have a request that is too big for the power of God. You have not seen, neither are you in a situation that is too big for God to move in on you. Your days are not promising to be dark and sad and defeated. God has an appointment for you. God will strengthen you. His power will bless you. His healing will fill you. His direction will guide you. Your enemies will fail before you. If you make God your ally, if God be for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, I want you to do your best to sit down, but give somebody a high five and tell them anything is liable to happen here today. And stay, stay, stay in that mode in God. And I want us to take a little bit and I want to take some time to share with you a very important uh, backdrop to this very powerful moment in time. Now, I want us to address or approach this portion of Scripture as if you have never seen it before. And so even though we've touched a little bit on man does not live by bread alone and we've sent different ones and we've talked to you in abbreviated form regarding that today, you've never heard this before. If you hear something you've never heard and it is God, you can go somewhere you've never gone. Let me say that again. If you hear something you've never heard and it's the Lord, the power to take you where he's saying, the power to take you where he's promising, will be there to help you. Now, I don't know about you. You don't have to talk me into going where God wants me to go. Because when I get there, I'm going to have an appointment. I'm going to have a manifestation. And when I decide to go there, I'm going to have a witness. And on my way there, I'm going to have the help. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. And so a little bit of the backdrop. We're talking about the sacred scriptures, of course. We're talking about the word of the living God. We're talking about 
the very irrefutable, undisputed word of God. But we're also looking at the vessel or the instrument used by the Lord. And in this case, it's the great physician or the physician Luke, who also gave us by the inspiration of God, a very accurate and inspired acts of the apostles. So he writes this gospel according to Luke and it's called his first treatise. And he releases it to Theophilus, who is believed to be a a very influential citizen in the Church of Africa, Alexandria. And so he sends it to him, more than probably written in Greek, but also may have been preached and written in Aramaic. The point is that Luke gives us a backdrop. And I like the way he talks because inspirationally and revelationally, he gives his people something very important. How many of you are International Miracle Institute students? Shout. And if you're not in IMI, we know that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God or God was the Word and the Word became flesh. Glory be to God. When Christ became a man, Christ became the man. Christ became the man that if he had to walk on the water, he can do it. Christ became the man that if he called you out of the boat, if you wanted to, you can walk on the water too. Christ became the man that only he can do what he can do. But Christ became the man that could call 12 and ordain us to go out and call 500 and give us the... Christ became the one that will procure salvation for us and in turn distribute by grace through faith that salvation to every life who will believe it both in the first century as well as in the 21st century. Christ is in your life today. Victory is in your life today. Power is in your life today. My, my, my. So I want to talk to you about something you've never heard. Did you know that God became the one man that forever changed the world? Did you know that that God became the one man that will forever change the world and through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit filled every willing man and woman to become a vessel through which he could change the world? Get ready. Something is going to happen to your world. Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach. Is this, is this okay? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Glory be to God. See, if you stay hooked into God and don't allow the enemy to lie to you about what you see and what you hear and what you feel. And interpret everything in the sense realm in light of what God has promised you. No enemy will be able to incarcerate you or limit your plans. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Let me say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back a little bit. Are you here? Yes. Let me say this. You may be seated. This concept of a defeated Christian is unbiblical. It's unbiblical. Now, a persecuted Christian is biblical, but a defeated Christian is unbiblical. Oh, yes, we have them in the Bible, but we're not called to follow them. (laughs) 
So, you know, when we, have, we have an apostle saying, everybody left me. We, we have him saying, only Luke is with me. But he didn't say to everybody that left and quit God to go ahead and write epistles to the church. I want to stop for a minute. You, your defeat may be a temporary setback. Don't make it a permanent badge. Call it a setback. Get ready to rise up in this hour, in this day, when everybody is a pessimist. Rise up to the optimism of the victor that overcame the world. Child of God, the way in, glory be to God. The way in is in God. Are you, are you following this? It's very important. Defeated Christianity is not biblical. And so even, even in the confession, if I, could, if I could drive that point home, the confession of the apostle Paul facing martyrdom after he decided what he's going to do. He said, I'm now ready to be offered. That doesn't sound like defeat. The time of my departure is at hand. That, that doesn't sound like a plan to secede or to be done away with. He called it a departure. I have fought a good fight. The only, the only good fight I know of is the fight you're winning. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Some of you think that I'm telling you what you know. I'm telling you exactly what you don't know. Right now in this hour, some people are planning to regress, but the champions of God are planning to progress his mission, progress his word, progress his plan. You understand I mean that word progress as an opposite of regress. I don't mean it in any other diluted form that humanity might do because I don't know what man has done to the dictionaries. I use the good ones. Hit someone and say, you need this. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. So the apostle Paul, like we remember, Paul the apostle, St. Paul, fought with beasts in Ephesus. Shipwreck, beaten with rods, beaten with whips, right? I mean, just stoned, left for dead. If anybody had an opportunity to be defeated, it's the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Folks were fasting to kill him. <laughs> Nothing worse than an assassin except a hungry one. <laughs> a hungry assassin wants you dead because they can't eat till they kill you. So they took an oath. If anybody had an opportunity to be defeated, it's the apostles. If anybody had an opportunity to quit, it's the Lord. Defeated Christianity is unbiblical. And those who might preach it don't know what, who, where, Nothing. Nothing. 
This is powerful. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. The Lord gave us everything we need regarding life and godliness. Then he said, act on it. So as believers, we can wrap it up in every so-called season of time, whether it's one day, one week, one month, one year, one decade, or one century. We can wrap it up. How many think we should wrap it up? Because if you know what the plan of God is, why shouldn't you expect it on a regular basis? See, you have to expect it on a regular basis. So if I could give you a backdrop, hit somebody and say a backdrop. I want to start with the fact that when Christ was born in, in Bethlehem, because, you know, the... Um, Mary and Joseph were, were on the way and then they needed to get in. So I know we're talking about Christmas, but that's what happened. That's what happened. So I mean, to get to where we are right now, let's pass through Christmas. Very important to know what happened the night or the time when Christ was still in, the, in, in Bethlehem. Do you remember the shepherds? Yes. Out in the field and an angel appears to them and they said, he's born to you. This night or this day in the city of David, a savior. And the choir of angels show up and say, glory to God in the highest. And what? And goodwill towards what? For how long? What? You mean peace and goodwill for everyone who believes on the one that is born. I think you got some good days to expect in God. I think somebody's getting ready to see your household saved, your loved ones delivered, your children serve God, your nation transformed, and your world impacted by the power of Almighty God. So you, you might say, well, well, man of God, we didn't read that part. I know. That's why I'm taking you to that. Because if we read that part, you'll be here all week. And so the shepherds got up and went, acted on what the angels said and walked in and saw Mary and Joseph in the, in the, in the, uh, in, in, in the, uh, in or whatever. You know, well, they weren't all in the manger. He was. <laughs> the point is that from the very beginning, there was audience. And from the very beginning, there was vision. And from the very beginning, there was a declaration of who he is. And from the very beginning, there was a declaration of what you, we should expect. Peace and goodwill. From the very beginning. And so when we go into a great fast, what are we fasting to do? Get something Jesus didn't earn? Or walk in something that we renew our confidence in? I don't care what the enemy has said to you. I don't care what the defeated foe is trying to get you to believe. You are the house of the living God. You are a holy priesthood. You are, you are a peculiar people. You are a royal priesthood in the holy nation. Glory be to God. You're more than conquerors through Christ which strengthens you. Hallelujah. 
Glory, 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 glory. That's right. You, you have goodwill from God towards you. And see, one thing the, the shepherds had to do was get up and go find him, even though they heard the good news. And when they found him, they found that it was exactly, you could read it later, it was exactly like it was told them by the vision of the angels. And if I could fast forward it a little bit, Luke sheds some great light again. And uh, he sheds that great light through Simeon and Anna in the temple when Christ Jesus is um, being presented in the temple. How many remember the account? How many remember the account? Shout yes. yes. So Joseph and Mary went at a particular moment in time. Some will say time of power. At a specific moment, orchestrated moment in time, they walked into the temple and there was a man there by the name of Simeon who thankfully Luke knew about and recorded to us because he's talking, you know, some years back. And that man had been told by the Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, that he would not see death until he sees the salvation of Israel or the Lord and, and so on. How many remember that? Yes. How many remember the scriptures? Wave at me. And so here's what he said. He took the child. He bore witness of the child. And he was of great age. God told him he would not die till he sees this. That's a great age. Don't, don't leave till you see what God promised. Mm. And one of the things that he says, I don't know if I, if I, If I should go into reading, because I'll have you read it. He tells Mary, he blesses Joseph and Mary. Remember that? And he blessed them. And he, he told Mary, he said, this child, I think the King James said, behold, this child shall be for the for the falling and the rising again of many in Israel. Pa Pastor Christie, look it up right now and read it. So what he was saying, he said, this child, speaking of the Christ, our Savior, will be for the falling and the rising again of many in Israel. And he said, and the sword shall pierce through your heart also. The content of what he's saying is that through the cross of Calvary, the... Christ would fall on everybody. You understand? He would lay down in his life and everybody with him would be, would be crucified with him and then would rise again in his resurrection from the dead. That was a verbal profession about the resurrection of the Lord when he was still a baby. Did you find it? Read it out loud, Pastor Christie. 
And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So we can... We could see from his prophetic utterance, he's talking about what's going to happen on the cross. So the, the sword is on the cross. The sign is the cross. The Savior is the Lord. And in that, there will be the falling and the rising again of many. I want to tell you, there's a rising again for your life. A rising again for your call. A rising again for your mission. A rising again for your nation. And a rising again for the body of Christ in this world. God will lift up your economy. God will eradicate your debts. God will release your settlements. God will save your family. God will bless your home. God will renew your youth. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Your harvest is going to overtake you. The blessing of God is going to overtake you. Goodness and mercy will not only accompany, they will happen to you. All the days of your life. How many believe that's the word of God? Well, lift your hands and shout like you've never shouted in your life. Glory. 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 Glory, 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 glory. You may be seated. And then if you move forward, because you end up, well, actually the same encounter. You have Anna, and she's probably 105, 107, maybe 110. She, she had been uh, with her husband for 11 years from her virginity. So you think 15 years plus 11, that's 26. And she's been 84 years in the temple. Is that what it says in your Bible? Fasting and praying, dedicating her life to God. You add 84 and 26, you do the math. No wonder the, 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 no wonder the, the Luke, the physician, St. Luke says, she was of great age. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now we have our Lord not only validated and affirmed from the time of his birth at that location, but then later on met at the temple, and there's a public display or definition of him uh, made publicly. And the next thing we see Christ, the next time we see Christ, he's, he's 12 years old. Now hit someone and say, catch this. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time to take over. Why? There are wars to fight. There are times to kill. There are cities to take. We are God's warriors. We are giant killers. We are city takers. Listen. But what it was, it was time for Christ to um, become legally a child of the law or a man of the law. And it was the feast of the Passover. 
It's very important because you're about to celebrate resurrection. We're all going to celebrate resurrection. How many believe that Christ is our Passover? I'm just trying to give you a backdrop. Because the Lord didn't just show up to to the solitude of the wilderness to challenge the God of this world, the devil, and whip him. He didn't come out of nowhere. He was born into this. He grew up in the middle of this. In a world that was supposedly dominated by the most wicked and most evil tyrant. Christ managed to stay sinless, victorious, triumphant, connected. And he promises nothing less than what he can supply. He will help you. He will aid you. He will lift you. He will guide you. He will infuse you. He will propel you. My God. He will fight your battles. He'll procure your harvest. Amen. If you believe it, shout yes. Yes. Isn't that true? So how many think by 12 or 13, his bar mitzvah time, he's still sinless. And every year, you can read it, every year the gospels bear witness that his parents went and celebrated the Passover. Jerusalem went back. So this time, the Lord stayed behind. It's the last time we hear from him as a layman. Thank God he put that in there. Otherwise, laymen wouldn't know. They wouldn't know how to be kings. Women wouldn't know how to be kings. Is it all right if I use one? We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. We would say, well, we're not priests. We don't know how to be kings. But still two groups. Some full-time in victory, feeding the people of God, and others full-time in victory, invading the so-called dominated regions of this world. Kings and priests. In your life, in your life, victory is yours. Is it all right if I lead you to the solitary place? This is not fantasy. This is fact. It's the same Savior. He became fully man. So as fully man, fully man connected to to the will of God, to God, to the nature of God, fully man. He stays back. So the parents, Joseph and Mary, they leave and they move on and they can't find Jesus. You know, I don't even want to say that. How many know it's a sad day when the church can't find Jesus? In the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. And so Jesus is gone. This is too funny, but it's true. And, and they can't find Jesus. So they come back. 
and they find Jesus in the temple. What feast is it? Shout. And they find Jesus after three days in the temple. So they recover Jesus after three days. So it's kind of like the Lord, our Passover, took a Sabbath. And when we found him, and Mary said, you know, your father and I sought you sorrowfully. We were troubled. How could you do this to us? And the Lord would say to her, how is it that you sought me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business or... Didn't you know I must be in the things of God, the affairs of my father, or I must be in my father? All of those are actually original languages that would work in English. How many understand what the original language speaks that much? From that moment, he went with them and he became subject to them in Nazareth. So that from that moment, there was nothing else that he said. So you've ne- what I mean is it didn't go on record. How many understand what I'm talking about? It didn't go on record. Well, why did God, the Holy Spirit, choose to put that on record? Is it not because Christ would not yet introduce himself in the baptism of John? He would not step into his public ministry until he's 30. But now you can see that while he's still going to be the... The carpenter is still going to work with Joseph. He's still going to do what is necessary for business and for livelihood. He would still be doing it according to his father's business. So he's both the Passover for the layman and the Passover for the ministry. He's the Passover of the priest and the Passover of the kings. He's the Passover of every area of your life. Whatever you're doing, God will take care of you. 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 The Lord 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 will take care of you. Glory to God. Now what are the odds? What are the odds of the Lord doing that? You believe the Bible? When you read in your Bible and it says they found him after three days. Find it, Pastor. Then why in the world would it be the Passover? The feast is, is, is at the a terminating end. And Christ would disappear for three days. Why would God do that? If it wasn't to leave with every person. An awareness that there, you might have an appointment when you're 30. But right now when you may be 12. Relatively speaking. God will visit you. God will direct you. God will use you doesn't matter it doesn't matter that there's something great in the future it doesn't mean that right now there's not something great you understand what I'm talking about does anybody understand what I'm talking about 
Did you find it? Read it out loud. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? No, read the verse before. Okay. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother... Read the verse before that. And it came to pass that after three days... There you go. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So they recovered Jesus. After three days, he's alive. After three days, he's talking. After three days, he's preaching. After three... glory glory he's alive so all of the fear all of the trouble all of the the worry was not necessary but it was a human part of the humanity does that make sense so here we see Christ leaves in the sacred scripture evidence that timings are important to him that he wants to he wants to he wants to um, um, punctuate certain times where you can use your faith as a point of contact and get the results of God for the entire year. He wants to touch you. And s- he, wants, he wants to help you get a hold of your entire year, your entire decade, your entire century, your entire life, and go from victory to victory and from faith to faith. God promises victory for his children, salvation for his loved ones, for his redeemed forgiveness for his saints rewards for his righteous should I stop and so keep reading pastor Christie sit down everybody sit down pastor Christie read I want you to read this I mean I want you to hear this you read it pastor Christie yes after three days. And in it, after three days, they found him in the temple, okay, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. What do you mean she kept these sayings in her heart? What is it that she did not understand but thought it was worthy enough to keep in her heart? Was it not that a child was willing to be about his father's business? Of course she knows that he's the word of God. She knows he's the savior. The, the visit of Gabriel happened to her in Nazareth before. You know, he preached to her the word of God. Does that make sense? But, but the fact that he's about the father's business includes not only them feeling they lost him, feeling that he's gone, but looking for him and then recovering him after three days. There's no way someone that is familiar with 
the Passover, familiar with the a Lamb of God, familiar with these things, would not take a note of that situation. So it's very important. And I wanted to take you there because that's what Luke talks about. From the time when there's peace and goodwill towards man to the time when Christ is going to take us into or we're going to see him in the solitary place overcoming the temptations of the enemy. You're following? From that time to that time. You were getting closer to when salvation and redemption was made available to all of us. So we don't have to walk on credit with that. We can walk with it. Does that make sense? Amen. How many believe that you are impervious to the attacks of this world? Does anybody here believe in the protection of Almighty God to the point... Does your shield of faith in God quench all the fiery darts of the wicked? Uh, do you have Holy Ghost immunity because you're a dignitary of heaven? You're called from above and sent to have victory in the earth and triumph in the earth. Some 30, some 60 and a hundredfold. Is there anybody here that believes the good, acceptable and perfect will of God will take place in your life and through your life and for your life? Should I stop? No. So when we, when we utilize fasting, prayer, and power, we're agreeing with God about the things he'd like to do in the lives of his redeemed. And we are regrouping again to allow him to do it in us. You following what I'm saying? And so here we notice, and um, I, don't, I don't want to belabor. Are you getting anything out of this? And I'm so thankful for Dr. Robin and the time she's spending in prayer with our beautiful people. Let's give Dr. Robin some, some, she's, and, um, you know, I, I thank you, Dr. Robin, and thank you for the reports of the wonderful people coming from as far away as the five state area to be with us in, in prayer during the week and participating in, in our fasting and participating in this reward that's going to overtake people you know God is not looking to beg people he's looking for people with common sense and logic restrains us from doubting the only reliable person in the universe logic logic constrains me I'm going to stay on God's side I'm going I'm to stay on God's side regardless who says what God will win regardless of who says what. God will take care of your loved ones regardless of who says what. God will protect your home, your family, your children, your call, your purpose, your investments, your return. God will multiply your seed sown, bring it back, press down, shake it together, running over. God will receive the offering of your little lunch. Bless it, multiply it, cause it to become, hallelujah, more than enough to feed a multitude. Some people here today, under the sound of my voice, God will use you to feed society with the power of the living God.
You may be seated. And so the Lord, the Lord makes that statement when he's, he's a child of the law or a man of the law. He makes that statement, I must be about my father's business. I must be about the, the concerns, the, the wishes, the desires of my heavenly father. I must be in my father's will. And then he returns back with Joseph and Mary and he stays submitted to them in Nazareth. But that statement was made on the right day. That statement would be, you know, elaborated upon, will be synonymed. The context of that statement, that same premise. Hit someone say premise. premise. That same premise will be later on talked about when Christ appears to us and he says, didn't you know? You fool and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. How Christ should have suffered and then entered into his glory. Isn't that right? So that statement was synonymed because basically the principle of the Lord doing the will of heaven. And then we not understanding why he did it. But then when we find him or find what he did, we find the outcome. And how many here would say you didn't like the fact that the Lord did you like that? <laughs> That's what Mary said. How could you do us like that? So every time you feel like you lost Jesus. Every time your heart sinks in you because you think you're living in times that are too far for God to reach. And then it's kind of like, whoo, I went over there and Dr. Harfuz just had a prophetic word and whoo, I'm, I'm, amen. But, but I don't like it. I don't like the Lord delaying till the last minute to show me how to understand some of the things. Oh, it's the truth. But that's how God allows people to vote. Our wishes determine whether we're way makers or way seekers. See, the Lord's not begging anybody. But those of us that believe him will not doubt him. How many believe that God's best for you is now? I know that you might think it's in the future. Well, the future has the best for the future. But the best for the now is here now. And the Lord is present. So he can't be present without himself. The best is now. The best for his body, the church, is for now. And then we see in the backdrop John the Baptist or John the son of Zechariah. 
and the Spirit of God comes on him and the inspiration comes on him and he begins to preach to the nation. You know the story. People are coming from everywhere. I don't have time to, to elaborate on that. But then finally, Christ comes. And this is going to be, hit someone and say, catch this. This is going to be his appearance or public introduction to the entire nation. Do you have a ministry? Do you have, do you have a portion of this ministry? Do you have a mission in life? Would you like to go into your mission victorious? Yes. Not only go, get out of your mission victorious, but go into your mission victorious. Yes. I'm glad you do. So the Lord comes, you know the story, right? He comes right after, right during a time when John the Baptist is being interrogated or he's being thought about. He must be the Messiah. Maybe he's the Messiah. Who is he? You know all the different accounts. But he said, I'm not. I'm baptizing you with? Shout it. But he that comes after me? And so he recognized the elevation that Christ would bring through the baptism that Christ would supply. And so when Christ comes and the, or the Lord comes before all the witnesses, John says, I'm not worthy to untie or loose your, your sandals. Now, we know the story. When he baptizes the Baptist John, baptizes Christ our Savior... The Bible said the heaven was open to him. You could see the different accounts. But in Luke, it says, And the Spirit of God descended upon him in a bodily form as a dove and sat upon him. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Notice, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's the word for the word. That's a, that's a personal visitation. No wonder one of the uh, gospel writers said the heaven was open unto him. That's a personal visitation. Yes, it's a theophany for the whole nation. Everybody could see that this is the Messiah. But it was a personal visitation. You say, well, Dr. Fush, you're, you're all over the place. Are you ready to live off of your word? Are you ready to have your word? Fill your 40 days, your word. Fill your year, your word. Fill your decade, your word. Fill your life. You're going to run like you've never run. You're going to recover. No one will see you defeated. God has promised you victory 100% of the time. My God. My God. My God. My God. Should I stop? No. You are. Now, how many understand? We believe that Christ is our God. He's our Lord and our God. We believe Christ is our Savior. We believe that He's in the league all by Himself. How many believe that? Yes. Wave at me if you believe that. Well, why would the Lord need a word personally? Why would it say, You are my beloved son? 
Well, he's going on a fast as a man. He's not going to eat for 40 days as a man. He needs something that satisfies him. And the word of the living God applies to every aspect of your life. God will bless you regardless of what it looks like. God will take care of you regardless of where you're at. God. Hallelujah. Mm. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he returns in the power of the spirit. And he goes into the wilderness or the solitary place. And Luke is clear about it the way he is about the 40 days after Christ's resurrection. In this portion, he's clear about it and he says, he afterwards hungered. Is that in your Bible? And in those days, he did eat nothing. What days? Being tempted of the devil, 40 days. So it is our biblical view that every level of demonic spirits attacked Christ during the 40 days. And Satan himself waited until he afterwards hungered. Why? Because the Lord is here to seek and to save that which is lost. He's coming to deliver people. He's coming to raise people up. He's, he's coming to build his house. In order to do that, he's got to stop the work of the enemy from demonizing, oppressing, harming, diseasing his people he's got to come with a power greater than the devil's so he goes into a solitary place to take the devil on for our for our benefit and he has a word and it's his word i want you to put your hands on your spirits say my word god's word for me personally is the word for my people and God's word, and God's word for me personally, for me personally is, more is more satisfying than anything in this world. In this world. Glory to God. He will keep you. He, he will keep you. He, he will prove you. He will prove you a victor. He will prove you more than a conqueror. He will prove you here to stay. He will prove you triumphant and miraculous. It's just the bottom line. And if this gospel is too old-fashioned for you, you've come around, um, you know, almost 2,100 years later. 2,000 years. You getting anything out of this? And so in those days he did what? He did eat nothing. He was tempted by the enemy. And then afterwards he hungered. So for 40 days the satisfying word of God in his life was the word of the father to his son. Now before this thing is over, 
Something is going to happen. And I told you, see, see, when you wrap up 40 days, you don't step out to have a victory. You have a victory every day of the 40 days, and you step out with the victory. You step out with the victory. You don't go into your mission to get results. You step into your mission with results. You step into your ministry with results. You step into your ministry with the outcome. You step into your ministry with the enemy under your feet. You step into your ministry with God over your head. You step into your ministry with the energy, the vitality, the wisdom, the sobriety, the breakthrough. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you following this? (laughs) Glory, glory, glory. Glory. This world is about to see a generation of men and women. They're so united in the Holy Spirit of God and so ready to magnify the God of glory and bring his power into a world that desperately needs it that this generation is going to run and hide from a people whose words cast out devils, whose hands heal the afflicted, whose commands raises the dead. Mountain moving people. Dead men raising people, water walking people, sons and daughters of the Most High, ready to live in this life. In triumph, in authority, in dominion. See, I see this, and how many of us understand that the man of God knows, and the church knows? For 2,000 years, we've known some things. One of the things we've known is that Christ became fully man. And one of the things we know is that he was fully God. So when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about doing it as a human submitted to the divine. And when we talk about seeking and saving that which is lost, we're talking about a stronger than the enemy. When a strong man is armed. I don't want to stay in the Bible too long today, but it's okay. When a, when a strong man keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a what? A what? A what? When a stronger than him or he has come upon him, then he binds him and takes away the armor wherein he's trusted and divides his spoil or ransacks his house. And so that means that Christ demonstrated how to be inducted into the stronger than he. Now, somebody might say, well, Dr. Fush, that's Christ. He didn't need to do any of that. No, no, you can't say that because for 30 years, for 30 years, he didn't show us one thing. So you can't say that. We can't assume we have to go by the word of the living God. If Christ's fasting was not necessary, then what he did is not impartational. And if he did not win the victory as a human being, there's no hope for any of us. And somebody might say, well, Dr. Fush, I believe that he gave us the victory. Well, I believe that too. But what am I going to do with a victory that doesn't belong to me? What are you going to do with it? 
Don't let me call names because you know you've had the victory all your life and yet have not seen what I'm talking about yet. It's time for you to see what I'm talking about right now. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to see that. It's time for you to see that. So in order for Christ to come on the scene to minister to us, He's got to do something to the God of this world. So he goes by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And before he does anything, he fasts. Well, all I need is the word. He's the word. All I need is a word. He got a word from heaven. So he's in the wilderness. After 40 days, he hungers. The enemy comes. You know the story. So Satan is quoting scripture. He's given Jesus chapter and verse. If there was such a thing, there wasn't at that time. But if you notice, the Lord directs him to the scriptures. And the Lord says, he gives him a command that says, get behind me. That means I'm relegating you to my past. Now, what does it say? And the devil left him for a season. So he proved a victory. And he stepped down off of that mountain. Father, I've kept them through your word. Those that you've given me, I lost none. Are you listening to me? He comes down off of that mountain and the enemy is nowhere to be found. Because he already wept up in private session. Is that not in our Bible? Well, why did the enemy leave Jesus alone for a season? He's no respecter of persons. He'll leave you alone for a season. If your victory in your fast will be in agreement with the Lord of glory and you will pound your adversary out of your life and claim the promises of God that are yea and amen for your life, you'll come down. Should I stop? your hands on your spirit and pray in tongues father i thank you for first century disciples i thank you for international miracle institute students i thank you for first century faith ministers i give you honor and praise and glory today for every head of a movement every pastor every son and daughter in the faith all of the men and the women that are participating in the upcoming uh special events with us all of the people that are part of this curriculum, this training, and this walk, we give you honor and praise and glory for it. Amen. And when the devil 
make a note of that. Make a note of um, of um, in Luke chapter four. And um, and when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. And so, if we look at the other um, accounts of the same or the other gospels of the same account, we'll see the enemy left the Lord alone for a season. That means the Lord came down from that mountain, and you have to look at it, and I have to look at it in light of the fact that the enemy and his forces were tilted in a, in a word encounter with the word. And the word, our Savior, used the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, to deal what is necessary to put the enemy out of commission for a season. I don't know of anybody that's in their sound mind that would not rejoice over the enemy put out of commission in your life for a season. Glory to God. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. So this is the miracles and the reputation that began to spread forth as the Lord came from that dedication time to be reintroduced to the, the nation. Firstly, the wit firstly, the witnesses that saw the baptism heard and saw the Lord being borne witness to by John the Baptist being maybe talked to by the audible voice, whether they heard what, it's, what the Father said or not, that's not the point. The point is, we all know that that was the introduction of Christ when he was about 30 years old. And the accuracy of that is beyond silly doubts you say well man of God what do you mean the chapter starts with all of the political all of the military figures that were in office on that day of baptism you can read it whether it was Herod whether it was Philip whether it's, it's, it's uh, Pontius Pilate all, it names about four different dignitaries and military and political figures which meant that that date was set and when that gospel was written you could verify it very clearly with the fact that Jesus lived was baptized and had that backdrop of um, that particular situation so it's beyond doubt so God became a man once and as a man glory be to God he forever changed this world but he forever changed man because he chose to live in you and in me and perpetuate what he did in his earthly ministry. And today in the 21st century, he's not grown weaker. His word is not declined. His standard is not defeated. His character is not infiltrated. His nature is not rejected. And if you are a child of the living God and you've got him in your life, then you've got no reason to doubt victory, no reason to doubt manifestation of the goodness of God. 
And you've got every reason to believe good things that are beyond you. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Shout it like an army. Shout it like an army. You getting anything out of this? You may be seated. So I want you to hear this. So the Lord talked to me to talk to you. Because everything the Lord did, he sent us to do. How many believe it's important to witness about the Lord? How many know it's important to lead souls to the Lord? They affect the world. We've been affecting the world together for decades. How many believe that it's right to do that? Well, and we will do that. But now, how many will agree? See, see, people don't like to talk. Well, say, Dr. Fush, we're people of faith. Man of God, we're people of faith. And, And really, as people of faith, we don't care about the devil. No, that doesn't even sound intelligent. Because that's the very logic. That rejected what Dr. Sumrall brought in the area of deliverance. That rejected what key men and women throughout the 2,000 years of church history have brought. And the kind of so-called faith that is actually, you know, denial. My point is this world can be easily diagnosed. You and I can see this world and we can see that is doing this under the heel of the so-called God of this world. You take it any way you want to take it. I'm talking spiritually speaking. This world's going like this. God promised you this. Well, why aren't we seeing this for the whole world or for at least our environment? Don't look at me like that. Ask yourself that question. Should I stop? No. You know why? Because people say, I don't care about the devil. So then they say, well, all I care about is God. And the Lord's done everything. He's going to come back for me soon. All I have to do is just accept the fact that he did everything. Well, that's good for you personally. What about the people that are under the dominion of the God of this world? Because when Christ showed us that preview of victory in the wilderness... He didn't get a personal victory. He came down off of that mountain for a public victory. My God, he came in the power of the spirit, healing and delivering and setting free. You're about to step into a victory before you manifest your mission. So what I'm saying is when the body of Christ globally here and there, we all synchronize in this time and and throughout this year and we go into fasting, prayer, and power. We're not begging God to do what he promised. We're getting closer to God so that both his promise and our reception of it will become 
uh, cohabitors together. And then we will resist anything that tries to break in on us in our time of opportunity. We'll say, no, get behind us. No, get away from us. No, we're going to stand for the word of the living God. When we do that, So the Lord stepped down, listen to this, at a time when the cross hadn't happened yet, where the, the enemy was, not, am I preaching the word? Yeah. The enemy was not defeated yet as per the, the cross of Calvary. And so technically or legally, the so-called God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, was already in charge. And yet the Lord, because he got it right this way, can stomp on the devil this way and bless the people my God my God would you like to hear the word of the Lord for your life you're about to reaffirm that you got it right this way you got to reaffirm you got it right this way Glory, glory, glory. And you're going to get it. You're going to get the results this way. So I give you, the Lord said, authority to advance by setting your foot on scorpions and snakes. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so, so thank you, Lord, that, that you, you said, get behind me. I'm relegating you to the past. I'm putting this thing behind me. This, this testing time is coming to an end now. Get behind me. I got a mission to victoriously perform. Get behind me. Ma, 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 ma. Does anybody here believe God? Mm. Do you believe God today? You're going to have a miracle today. You're going to have days of miracles. Every day during this great fast, you're going to have a days of miracles. Every day. And we're going to lasso this entire year and then all of the, the, the number of years that are prophetically promised to us in the abundance of God's provision. My goodness. This is so good. You may be seated. Let me ask you something honestly. And, and I know that I'm very strong today in, in the power of the Lord. 
And I wouldn't talk to you like this if God didn't care about you valuably. You're a different people. Let me say that over here. You're a different people. You know, you're, you're, you're not just kind of like um, pliable, you know, gullible group of Christians that don't understand the strategies of your adversary. You don't live in those times. If there were ever times to live in. So the Lord is, cares about you. But let me ask you this. How many of us here would be honest and say, I've never heard about the devil leaving me alone for a season? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Everybody who's honest will say you've never heard about it. Because we're not encouraged to get the results the Lord got. As if he didn't get those results for us. And so, so often we settle for daily dealings with demons. That's a DDD there. <laughs> and I say that because I see the prayer requests. And I don't say that to insult the church. But I am called to wake the church up. And I'm, I'm called to wake the church up globally. And your, your prayer requests come in all the time. And I pray over them. Dr. Robin and, and the team, we pray strongly over them. And we hear your testimonies and your testimonies come in. But I feel that it's time for us to step out as a corporate group. And begin to do what is beneficial for the kingdom of God. And get victory from God this way. And then pour out that victory that way. That's just the bottom line. It's just the bottom line. Now be honest. How many of us have never heard of the devil leaving you alone for a season? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Never even thought it was biblical. And yet within a 40 day fast. It's spelled out. Somebody said, well, Dr. Fish promising his people that the devil will leave him alone. Well, the devil won't leave you alone till you die. Well, neither will God. <laughs> neither will God. God will not leave you alone. Now, if God doesn't leave you alone, what makes you think the devil can get anywhere near your life? Now, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit here. I'm going to stop for a minute. If you want the Lord to touch you today, before we move on, before we receive our tithe and offering, run up here right now and don't step on Pastor Christy. Just run up here. Don't line up. Just, just run up here right now. <laughs> Call me. Call our team. Dr. Harfouche, man of God, I want to be part. I want to be part of this, this curriculum. I want to be part of this season of um, synchronizing and, and being united. Come over here. Come in the front, please. Let me see you. That way I don't have to look around.
And put your hands on your spirit. How many of you are planning to live if the Lord tarries till a great age? You're tired of the system telling you what young is? You're tired of the system telling you what old is? You're ready to stand up according to this system and be the kind of human being that God has called you to be? Do you know what happened after the enemy left for a season? Do you remember? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened? What happened? Yeah, but before that, do you remember what happened? Angel ministered to him, and the original word for minister is served as if waiting on a table. So all of the ancient, all of the, the, the traditions of the most ancient church was that angels fed the Lord in the wilderness. You're not coming out of this hungry. You're not coming out of this seeking a victory. You're not going to come out of this seeking an answer. You're going to get your answer in this. You're going to get filled in this. You're going to get rewarded in this. You're going to have my seed multiplied in this. Lift your hands to the Lord and pray in the spirit. If you have your heavenly love, lift your hands to the Lord. Lift them up high. Father, I bless your people. I thank you for your sons. I thank you for your daughters. I thank you for those of us that are involved in the therapeutic or the medical community or the frontline work that no man, no woman, no child will be in any way infiltrated or inundated by any lies of the adversary. I thank you for those of us that are participating in occupying the fields of business and entrepreneurship in this world that none of us will be in any way lacking in our agreement or connection with your kingly role in our lives. We thank you that as you were when you were 12, so will we be in our business and so will we be in our call. And I thank you that we must be about my father's business, our father's business. Glory be to God. Now I pray right now for these and those that the power of the Holy Spirit will move upon their physical body. And today, your organs work. They're renewed. Your muscles are energized. Your arteries are open. The balance of your blood and your sugar and your health operates strongly. I come in agreement with the people of the Lord today. In every area of your life that was in any way hindered, I declare today that the Lord has heard and the Lord is answering. My God. You're healed, you're saved, you're blessed, you're energized, you're renewed, you're protected, you're preserved, you're rescued. 
The Lord is with you. The Lord is with us. The Lord is in you. The Lord is in us. The Lord is on you. The Lord is on us. The Lord is my God. The Lord is through you. The Lord is through us. Shout this out loud with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving this world that you gave your only begotten Son. Lord Jesus, you are our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, the Word of God, the fuel of heaven, the shepherd of the sheep, the high priest. You're, 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 the, you're the, the bishop of our of our souls the apostle of our confession the author and the finisher of our faith the word in our heart and in our mouth we affirm today that our confidence is in you and whatever you received of the father you show to us and you reveal to us Holy Spirit we thank you for bringing the will the nature the fruit the gifts the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives into the church for victory in this hour we're living in this hour hour of power is our of victory for all of us so today we affirm that the powers of darkness are bound in the name of the Lord your hands off our loved ones take your hands off our family take your hands off our friends take your hands off our partners now and we believe you Lord and celebrate a breakthrough and abundant outpouring in our lives now if you believe that lift your hands your hearts your voice your faith your soul and give God the greatest shout of praise Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.